11. 2 Kings chapter 11. And, of course, uh, this month is July, and this is my month, day of the month to preach here in July, and I only have one Sunday during July, so I'll make this a July 4th message, but what's really providential is, is that in our study of 2 Kings, going through it chapter by chapter, this is exactly where we're up to today. And we're exactly up to the chapter in the Bible that most applies to the American Revolution. Right here, 2 Kings chapter 11. And you know, there's a lot of people today, there are Christians today that say that the American Revolution was wrong. That they should have just obeyed the government and they should have put up with taxation without representation. They should have just buckled under, that they had no right before God to rebel. And don't you know, in Romans 13, it says to obey the rulers that rule over you. Well, here's a chapter in the Bible here in 2 Kings chapter 11 that answers that question, whether it was justified or not, or whether it could be justified or not. And here we have a godly revolution here in 2 Kings chapter 11. And you know, the beauty of Kings and Chronicles and the Bible history is that it gives God's commentary. What does God think about what's happening in history? And history is very important. God gives us a lot of history in the Bible. And he tells us exactly what he thought of this revolution. And it was a godly revolution. Well, we go back to our passage where we had our responsive reading, verse 1 of chapter 11. We got Athaliah. Remember Athaliah? She was a wicked queen. She was the daughter of Jezebel and Ahab. And Jehoshaphat, he wanted to link in with the ungodly, and he brought in Athaliah uh, like a, a snake into the kingdom. And anyway, Athaliah here, she, when she saw her chance, she rose up and destroyed the whole family. Everybody she could find that might have a claim to the throne. She rose up and destroyed them all. But there was one of the children of the royal line that escaped, and that was Joash. And the only reason he escaped was that the high priest, Jehoiada, and his wife, they hid Joash. And so they took and hid him, this one member of the royal family that was left. And we have uh, verse 3. And he was with her hid in the house of the Lord six years. And Athaliah did reign in the land. Well, we see here that Athaliah was the de facto government there. She was the one that had been in power for six years. And so she was the power that was. And yet, here was a revolution against the power that was in place. And God blessed it. And God said that it was good, as we see later on. So just because a power is in place doesn't make it good. Just because it's in place doesn't make it a rightful power. And just because the English, the English King George ruled over America, didn't make it a good government that you couldn't 
uh, try to replace if it uh, had a long train of abuses, as we have in the Declaration of Independence. And so we have verse 4 here in chapter 11. In the seventh year, Jehoiada got a conspiracy going to have a revolution here against Athaliah, against the wicked queen. And so he made a covenant with the people there, made a covenant with the soldiers there, with the guardians in the temple. And they made a, a conspiracy. They united together. And verse 5, he had the people that were going out on the Sabbath staying and the ones that were coming in on the Sabbath, so he'd have his own troops there. And he expected to have trouble. He expected to have some fighting. But uh, praise the Lord here, there was really no fighting. It looks like nobody was really interested in defending Athaliah. Well, anyway, so here we have Jehoiada getting this set up. And uh, so then we have verse 7. Two parts of you that go out on the Sabbath, they shall keep the watch of the house of of the Lord about the king. And you know, various times in history, Christians have had to fight. And you know, that fighting is what guarantees things, guarantees liberties. Uh, sometimes I put together jigsaw puzzles, and it just so happens that right now the jigsaw puzzle that I'm putting together is, is across it. It's the veteran. And it has, uh, talking about all of our freedoms, that we can thank the veteran for our freedoms. And there's a lot of, of course, we thank God, and we thank the preachers, or we thank whatever, but, but really when it gets right down to it, Uh, The veteran and the fighting is what really gets us those freedoms and keeps them through the blessing of God. And you know, uh, the problem is in this world, there's wickedness in this world. There are wicked rulers, there are wicked men. And if they are not opposed by force, they will rule over everybody. And they will have their, their oppression. And so here we have the soldiers were about the king, verse 8. They were there with their weapons in their hands. Back in the Reformation in Holland, they used to have their church services, and they used to have soldiers uh, all around the service, keeping watch and guarding the service. And so they had their weapons in their hands, and so they were ready to fight. And so the priest had them all together there, and they had their spears and shields that had been kept in the house of the Lord. Well, you know, in America, getting back to America, uh, at the time of the American Revolution, America had had a very godly heritage up to the American Revolution, and then after, later, but to the American Revolution. God had prepared the United States. The pilgrims, when they came Uh, to Plymouth there, they came to set up a city on a hill where God would be glorified. People could see God glorified in the United States. They came to the United States seeking God and not gold. Well, anyway, so they set up America. God blessed them. And it was amazing that uh, the pilgrims survived, even half of them after the first year. It was an amazing thing. And one reason that they survived was God had prepared the way. The Indians had died off in that area through a plague, 
and there were not, weren't very many of them around. They made friends with Squanto. He told them how to plant the corn and all that. And God took care of them. They set up Thanksgiving. And then through the history of America and the Massachusetts Bay Colony, it was a very godly setup. They used to have election day sermons from the preachers. But then there was the Great Awakening. The Great Awakening, just a little bit before the American Revolution, 30 or 40 years before the American Revolution, there was the Great Awakening. There was Jonathan Edwards. There was George Whitfield. George Whitfield went around this part of the country preaching, had big crowds. Uh, Benjamin Franklin went to hear George Whitfield, and he was very impressed. And God sent a revival in America. And that revival of the Great Awakening paved the way for the American Revolution. That outpouring of God's Spirit paved the way for us to have the American Revolution, a godly revolution, just like we have back here in 2 Kings chapter 11 with Jehoiada. And so, you know, is Christianity a pacifist religion? No, it's not. And we don't see pacifism through the Bible. Uh, there are pacifist groups today, and have been, that don't believe in fighting, they don't believe in being in the military, they don't believe in any of that. Uh, but you know, uh, the Bible's full of it. David was a man of war. And here we have this revolution here with Jehoiada. And Jesus, you know, you could say, oh, well, that's all Old Testament. You know, David was Old Testament. Jehoiada was Old Testament. But even in the New Testament, what did Jesus say? He said, he that has no sword, let him sell his garment and buy one. Well, that's a pretty big deal, selling your garment to buy it, and you're going to buy a sword. What do you do with a sword? You fight other people in close combat. And so anyway, Christianity is not pacifist, and that's not what we see here in 2 Kings chapter 11. And these things in the Old Testament give us principles for today. So back in the American Revolution, they had the Declaration of Independence. I probably have told you already uh, that I have a personal connection, I believe, with the American Revolution in that, you know, when they put out the, the, the quarters with the states, the Delaware Quarter has the ride of Caesar Rodney on there to go up and sign the Declaration of Independence when he was sick. He, they called him to make a ride all the way up there in the rain and storm. And he made his ride right past my front door in Smyrna because that was the main street, the main highway that went from Dover where he was up to Philadelphia. And so, you know, they signed the Declaration of Independence. They said, after a long train of abuses, they were going to have to rebel against England. And they pledged their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor. Was that an ungodly thing to do? No, it was godly. And they did it, and God blessed it. And praise the Lord for that. And, you know, they were taking on the greatest power in the world at that time, was England. And the Lord blessed it. The Lord blessed them with an alliance with France, uh, which helped them greatly. And uh, so anyway... God bless that revolution, and with the American Revolution, God bless this revolution here with Jehoiada. Let's go on here. So the soldiers were all stationed there, verse 11, by the altar and around. And it looks like the revolution took place on the Sabbath day, as the soldiers came out and went in. 
And so they took the king, the boy there, he was only six or seven years old, and they set him on the throne, they anointed him. Uh, back in those days, they poured oil on the king's heads to anoint them. Now that's, I don't believe, is the anointing that we have with oil in the New Testament of the sick. That's a medicinal anointment, uh, anointing, I believe. But anyway, here we have this anointing of the king. They clapped their hands and they said, God save the king. You know, they say that in England today and all through history. They've said that and it comes right here from the Bible. God save the king. Well, let me go on in this passage. Let's continue in this passage and read verse 13. And when Athaliah heard the noise of the guard and of the people, he came to the people, she came to the people into the temple of the Lord. And when she looked, behold, the king stood by, an, by a pillar as the manor was, and the princes and the trumpeters by the king and all the people of the land rejoiced and blew with trumpets. And Athaliah rent her clothes and cried, Treason! Treason! Well, was it treason? It was treason, actually. Treason against her. And the one that had been the ruler, but she was not the rightful ruler. She had usurped the throne. She had killed off all the rest of the royal family. But it was treason against her, and this was a justified treason against her. And she had oppressed the people. And then you go on here, verse 15. But Jehoiada the priest commanded the captains of the hundreds, the officers of the host, and said unto them, Have her forth without the ranges, and him that followeth her, uh, kill with the sword. For the priest had said, Let her not be slain in the house of the Lord. And they laid hands on her, and she went by the way which the horses came into the king's house, and there was she slain. Well, that's a pretty drastic thing here. They killed Athaliah, but she deserved to be killed. She had, I'm sure, murdered people and oppressed the people. And, you know, back in the time of Oliver Cromwell, back in the 1600s uh, in England, he's a very favorite guy of mine that I've mentioned before. But anyway, he and the ones with him, they chopped off the head of King Charles there in England. And the royalists have never forgiven him for that. And, of course, he put down the royalists, he put down the, the Catholic power, and the Catholics have never forgiven him for that. But, you know, Cromwell did just like Jehoiada did here. And Cromwell and the guys with him said that he had made, that the King Charles had made war on the people and killed many of the people, and he deserved to die. He was not above the law. See, that was the question. And that is the question. Is the king, is the ruler above the law? You know, in France, Louis XIV, he said, you know, uh, that he was the state. And the state was him. And, but that's not how it is uh, set up by God, I believe. So anyway, here we have, they, they killed Athaliah, and she was slain there. They took her out, and God prospered this revolution here in Kings and also the American Revolution. God helped them. It was a godly revolution. 
And then you go on here, uh, verse 17, And Jehoiada made a covenant between the Lord and the king and the people that they should be the Lord's people. Between the king also and the people, and all the people of the land went down to the house of Baal, and break it down, his altars and his images break they in pieces thoroughly, and slew Matan the priest of Baal before the altars. And the priest anointed officers over the house of the Lord, and he took the rulers over hundreds, and the captains, and the guard, and all the people of the land, and they brought down the king from the house of the Lord, and came by the way of the gate of the guard to the king's house, and he sat on the throne of the kings. And all the people of the land rejoiced, and the city was in quiet, and they slew Athaliah with the sword beside the king's house. Seven years old was Jehoash when he began to reign. So this is quite a story here, and it's basically what happened with the American Revolution. And I, I think maybe last year I preached about how the revolution was a Presbyterian rebellion. And it was. And that's what it was known by in England, the Presbyterian rebellion, because the Presbyterians were all in with the revolution. And they all got behind it. And John Witherspoon was in the Continental Congress and urged people to sign the Declaration of Independence. And he was a preacher. He ended up being moderator of the General Assembly of the Presbyterian Church. And so the Presbyterians were all in. And the statistic that has been given is that all the colonels of the Revolutionary Army were Presbyterians, but one. They were all Presbyterians, Presbyterian elders. And so God blessed this revolution in kings, and God blessed our American Revolution. And America was a godly country for many, many years, basically. And it said that in the laws of the land. And of course, even today, we have vestiges of our godly heritage. We have Moses and the Ten Commandments there over the Supreme Court. And we have uh, those monuments. And they're trying to get rid of them today. But we have something to celebrate with July 4th. We have something to celebrate that God blessed us. That God blessed this nation, even though we've departed far from it today. And we have something to commemorate. So here we have, they were a Christian people. They pledged to serve the Lord here with Jehoiada. And uh, we uh, pledged to serve the Lord back with the American Revolution. And there were many Christians, many true Christians participated. And you know, the American Revolution was a lot different than the French Revolution. The French Revolution was in 1789, just on the heels of the American Revolution. And it was a wholly different thing. The French Revolution was completely ungodly. It was a reign of terror. They were just taking everybody out and guillotining them, everybody who was a priest, everybody who was of the nobility, and they just, one after the other, killing them off. And, uh, you know, it, it was a reign of terror. There was nothing godly about it. But the American Revolution was godly, and there was no reign of terror. There was a war. But then finally, you know, as I said, you know, here we don't really have God's express commentary about this, even though he blessed it and the land was in quiet and everybody rejoiced. 
But not only that, if you go over to Second Chronicles, let's go over to Second Chronicles for a minute, the parallel history. Second Chronicles chapter 24, and in Chronicles, we have the divine commentary on this revolution. Second Chronicles chapter 24 and verse 15, and it's talking about Jehoiada. And what did Jehoiada do in his life? The main thing he did was he had this revolution with Joash. And so we have 2415 of 2 Chronicles. But Jehoiada waxed old and was full of days when he died. 130 years old was he when he died. And so what's the epitaph of Jehoiada who set up that revolution? Verse 16. And they buried him in the city of David among the kings, because he had done good in Israel, both toward God and toward his house. And so here we know that it was a good thing that revolution was. And not only that it was blessed, not only that the people rejoiced, but God approved of it. And here he had done good, both toward God and toward his house. And it's just interesting that we're up to this place in, in 2 Kings, today in July, and we have our American Revolution. Praise the Lord for the American Revolution. Praise the Lord for our godly heritage. May we get back to our godly heritage again. And let's bow in prayer. O oh Lord, we pray that thou would bless these thoughts to our hearts. And O oh Lord, we pray that we might get back to our heritage here in this country. We thank thee for our heritage. We thank thee that those men of God and the American Revolution uh, had the American Revolution, that they set up a godly country here. And, O oh Lord, we just pray that thou would forgive this nation of its sin, that thou would turn it away from the sin of abortion, from the sin of homosexuality, this, all the other sins that are out there, that thou would turn the United States back to thee. But we do thank thee for her. In Jesus' name, amen.